Welcome to Slow Stories. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, the founder of Connected Editorial and the host and creator of this podcast. For those of you just joining in, Slow Stories is a series that deep dives into the rising slow content movement. In each of these episodes, I interview brand builders, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals who share what slow content means in the context of what they're building and why slowing down and creating thoughtful stories is more important than ever. I envisioned kicking off a new season of Slow Stories on a much higher note, but as we all know, the widespread tragedy caused by COVID-19 has forced us to slow down in more ways than one. As a result, I've been reflecting on the most effective way that I can contribute to an ever-evolving and extremely noisy landscape that has spread uncertainty to every corner of the globe. And of course, the one thing that always comes to mind is to do this through storytelling. If you've listened to past episodes of Slow Stories, you might already be aware that we begin each episode with a slow story contributed by a member of our community. These stories have inspired each of our contributors to stop in their scroll or slow down and unplug completely. I personally loved receiving these contributions since the start of the show, and in light of everything that's happening in the world today, I couldn't be more proud to kick off a new season of Slow Stories than by resharing a few of them and featuring a few new voices in this special edition episode. Listen on to enjoy both slow and soul stories that members of our community return to, not only when looking to slow down, but when seeking out a little happiness and peace. My name is Ali Alquiza. I work as a brand strategy and marketing consultant for mission-driven, often female-led brands. Something that recently made me slow down and stop scrolling at a time where it feels like we're taking in more information than ever with everything going on is a simple, beautiful poem by Kitty O'Meara. For me, as a native New Yorker who thrives on the pace of this city, I really am realizing how much we may have been missing out on while going at that pace. During such an unknown time, the poem made me feel like there could be a purpose to all of this, this moment that we're living. Since first seeing it, I've gone back to read it over and over, and I plan on keeping it around as a reminder when we get back to our old lives and crazy pace. I'd love to share it here, as it's short, and I hope it gives you a bit of comfort, too. And the people stayed home, and read books, and listened, and rested, and exercised, and made art, and played games, and learned new ways of being, and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows, and the people began to think differently. And the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. My name is Larissa May. Most people know me as Lars, and I'm the founder and executive director of Half the Story, uh, which is a nonprofit on a mission to empower the next generation's relationship with technology and social media. I think during this time, 
It's been very challenging to slow down and let go, but it's been such a beautiful exercise of really uh, leaning in and, and turning inwards to reflect on our own actions, what we can give back to the world and what our true desires are as humans. So every day, you know, one of the things that I've been doing to really just slow down and reflect is reading the Daily Stoic, and it's 366 Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living. And the one that stuck out to me was the one on March 13th, and it was a really a short passage about you know how oftentimes we try to have control in our lives and blame the things around us uh, for not allowing us to accomplish or be who we want to be. But this passage was just all about how you know, in our lives, we fight against the things that happen. And we're so focused on our plan that we forget that there is a bigger plan, but also that there's a bigger world and that it doesn't revolve around us. And, you know, during this time, I think that's incredibly important to remember as we think about, you know, our own losses during this isolation, but also to think about how we can support those who don't have the support that they need. And so this is a very short passage, but I'm going to end it end this segment and read it to you because I think it's really powerful. Whenever you find yourself blaming Providence, turn it around in your mind and you will see what has happened is keeping with reason. My name is Alexandra Fine. I'm the CEO of Dame Products. Uh, we specialize in creating tools, products, content for our well-being through the lens of intimacy and pleasure. And this is a poem I find myself coming back to often when I'm just looking to reconnect with what makes me feel alive and human and animal. Okay. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about your despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, across the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to you, your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. Mary Oliver, Wild Geese. My name is Ellie Eckert. I am the founder of a coffee editorial called City Brewed and a boutique roasting company called Written Coffee. Recently, I was inspired to stop scrolling when I came across a book called Applied Empathy. It's all about this idea that by using empathy, we can be better leaders, better employees, and even better business owners. We've become so connected to our smartphones and living in a digital world that we're rarely present or thoughtfully engaged with the people we come across in our day-to-day -day lives. 
applied empathy makes you take a step back and really immerse yourself in this concept that by considering different work types or truly listening, we can build better relationships and even produce better results. I know I've been guilty of always living five minutes ahead rather than truly being focused and connected to the task at hand. Empathy isn't just about being nice or having sympathy for someone. It's about understanding, really understanding, your consumers, your colleagues, friends, and even yourself. The most meaningful change happens when people come together with open arms and open hearts. And this book really guides you in that process of how we can ask, listen, and think in a way that really produces these powerful results. If you're looking for a book that inspires you to stop scrolling, I really recommend Applied Empathy by Michael Ventura. But before I sign off, I'll leave you with a quote from the book. Leading with a new awareness that will undoubtedly aid you in not only understanding others better, but perhaps more important, understanding the truest aspects of your own self. My name is Steph Eto, and I'm a visual brand strategist and founder of Ink and Pulp, a Zen creative studio in the Bay Area. Mm, slowing down. So often we're caught up in our social media feeds, work deadlines, obligations, anxious musings. We don't often pause, look around, and take in the beauty of our environment, those magical little details in our everyday surroundings. Having a dog for 14 years, I learned to pay attention when we'd be out on walks. If he stopped, I'd stop. Noticing the flower he was sniffing, the freshness of the air, the sounds of birds in the tree. I love this poem by Mary Oliver from her book, Dog Songs. It beautifully captures my experience of slowing down, and I hope it resonates with you too. It's called Loop. I had a dog who loved flowers. Briskly, she went through the fields, yet paused for the honeysuckle or the rose, her dark head and her wet nose, touching the face of everyone, with its petals of silk, with its fragrance rising into the air, where the bees, their bodies heavy with pollen, hovered. And easily, she adored every blossom, not in the serious, careful way that we choose this blossom or that blossom, the way we praise or don't praise, the way we love or don't love, but the way we long to be that happy in the heaven of earth, that wild, that loving. Me again, jumping back in the mix to say that I hope you're enjoying these stories so far. I also want to share a story that recently brought me a lot of joy and definitely encouraged me to slow down. It was an essay I stumbled upon on Real Simple written by Esquire's food and drinks editor, Jeff Gordonier. The piece titled Postcards, a Love Story outlines Jeff's courtship of his partner, Lauren. As they wrestled with how to maintain a long distance relationship and to combat the digital ubiquity that often dilutes our everyday interactions, Jeff decided to send Lauren postcards, physical postcards, and hundreds of them. 
I won't give too much of the piece away, but there is a part of the story that stuck with me that I'll share for additional context. It reads, maybe you've heard of the slow food movement, which has in part inspired people to celebrate the patience required to grow, harvest, cook, and eat food the way nature intended. Well, postcards are like slow texts. You express a thought to someone you care about, and that thought doesn't register on the other side for days. But the fact that you have forsaken the immediacy and disposability of the DM allows you to leave a more lasting imprint. In this era of broadcasting your feelings to the world via Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, there is something satisfying about the privacy of a postcard. It's from me to you, no one else. And even when it feels tossed off, it depends on a series of steps, writing, addressing, stamping, that layer the gesture with extra meaning. This story is layered with meaning in so many ways, and in a time where every small gesture counts, I couldn't be more inspired than to go the extra mile to show my loved ones how much I care for them. And I hope Jeff Gordonier's postcards, A Love Story, inspires you to do the same. My name's Natalie. I'm a social media specialist and the blogger behind The Hidden Harmony, a passion project where I blog about sustainable and mindful living. Something that's made me slow down, stop scrolling, and start singing are the videos that have been circulating about the people in Italy who are dancing, making music, and singing together from their balconies while in lockdown. Music truly does bring people together, even in the darkest of times, and to see people from all ages and backgrounds come together in solidarity through song, it's such a beautiful thing to witness. I'm a singer and songwriter myself as a hobby, and instead of scrolling, the story had me thinking about my special relationship with music. There are very few things that bring me more joy than singing, but in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, it's easy to get caught up and tend to the quote-unquote more important things. I got into songwriting during a very low time in my life when I was a teenager. Songwriting was my healthy way of coping through trauma. So when I saw that video of Italians singing their hearts out at such a difficult and scary time, it brought me to tears because I know how powerful and healing singing can be. This slower way of living has brought out an even more creative version of myself, a version that makes me want to raise my voice a little bit louder. As my 16-year-old self wrote, I want to feel that rhythm, live in between the sounds, gather all the world's harmonies, write a song and lay them down, and I'm sailing down on a little ship of make-believe, and I'll see that moon and the sunrise brighter than you'll ever see, because I think differently and get caught up in a daydream. I hope this inspires you to find your own voice and belt out your favorite song, whether you're a singer or not. I promise you, it will lift your spirits. Thank you. My name is Grace, and I'm the founder of The Delant, an online shop with wearable fashion trends from Korean designers. Something that made me slow down and embrace the present moment was a poem titled, A Time for Everything. It's from the Bible, and it starts with, for everything there is a season, and then goes on to list a series of two contrasting occasions like a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to love and a time to hate, and so on. The whole poem is about time, 
more specifically about how there are different seasons in life and a right timing for everything. It's a simple poem, but when I really slowed down and dived into this short text, I got to reflect on my own life, from the past to the present, the accomplishments and the failures, the good times and the bad, and this led me to realize that there's a purpose for every season in life. Even if you're going through a rough season, there must be something good that comes out of it, depending on how you see the situation. At least that's how it was for me. And most certainly, the time will pass eventually. In today's society, I think we can become so goal-oriented that we're constantly trying to achieve things or are so busy planning for the next big move that we sometimes forget to embrace the current season that we're in. This poem really made me unplug and appreciate the present. I feel like everyone needs a bit of that today. This beautiful poem is short, so I want to encourage you to take two minutes to check it out, maybe before going to bed tonight. It'll be inspiring and relatable for everyone, whether you're a believer or not. It can be found in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 of the Bible, or simply Google a time for everything. I hope this brings you healing and a bit of positivity in your life today. Thank you. Hi, I'm Ashley Souza, Chief Brand Officer at Crabtree and Evelyn. I've been spearheading the brand relaunch and responsible for the innovation of all the new products. Something that made me stop scrolling recently was a poem by Watney Lander. It reads, I fell in love with the way I was quiet and how I was all alone because during that time, my intuition's voice became louder and I was able to call myself home. It speaks about the beauty of aloneness, which is something we're all being faced with in our current crisis. As a leader of a global business, the most important thing I can do is slow down and listen to my intuition, but it's the thing I forget to do the most while rushing through the day-to-day decision-making. I am my most creative, inspired, and at peace when I'm able to truly only be with myself, but often need gentle reminders like this poem to remember to carve out and embrace those special moments. As most of us are in fear of severe social distancing, I'll be looking at it as an extended opportunity to settle into myself and turn up the volume on my intuition. My name is Chelsea and I'm the co-founder of Ceremony, which is a modern edit of rings for treasuring, signifying, and commemorating love of all kinds. I read an article this morning in the business of fashion that made me pause and take note to remember some of the positive things that we can do during this crazy time. The article title isn't necessarily peaceful, it's called How I Lived Through Coronavirus Lockdown in Shanghai, but I actually do find peace and hope in what the author has to say. There are a lot of unknowns right now, and I find that looking to others' experiences who are coming out on the other side of this already across the world lend to some much-needed grounding and wisdom. Some of his points were, don't binge Netflix, watch quality movies, cinema classics, and documentaries. Read more, watch TV, and favor books over articles. His third is actually my favorite. It says, it's hard to find so much uninterrupted time on a normal work schedule, so use it wisely. I really paused at this one, and I'm going to be more intentful with my time over the coming weeks. He then says, don't watch any TV news and limit your media intake to well-regarded sources. 
Keep your home super clean and organized. This also helps you not go insane. Don't get on a late schedule with work from home. It's easy to start going to bed at 3 a.m. Still go out for a run or bike every day. Early mornings are best. Yoga and body work are also great. I also love this one. I've been doing a lot of online video classes with my friends, and it lends to a sense of community even when we're in our homes. And finally, he says, if you can, find a way to be of service to others. This helps us give purpose and, um, you know, giving back to society when, when we're in this time. So I hope that this list helps some of you as well and brings some peace. My name is Isadora. I am a social editor and I currently lead Everlane's social strategy. Something that recently made me slow down and stop scrolling was a poem by Nikita Gill titled, You Aren't Like Most Girls. And I was really drawn into this particular writing because I feel like women have always been placed in this tough position of having to choose between these strange narratives of basic or rather simple and unique and special. And I mean, really neither one of them is real. Not one woman in the world subscribes wholly to either of those ideals, but on top of that, we're made to feel like we have to, like we have to fight one another for those titles, and that womanhood is almost like some strange apocalyptic battle in which there can only be one winner and she's the only one who will really get to have it all, a phrase that is also irritating but held up to women to aspire to. And I think the beauty of social media is how exposed I've been to so many different types of people, women especially, and how even if I've never met them, they've added immense value to my life, both professionally, but more importantly, personally. I highly encourage everyone to check out Nikita Gill. The poem is short, so I will close with a reading of it. How dare you tell me I am not like most girls? when those girls you refer to are my sisters and mothers, my friends, the very solace and the kindness I have sought when the worst things in my life have happened. How dare you assume I should take that as a compliment and beam at you like it is praise when you are alienating me from the very core of my proudly female being. There are a thousand ways to tell me you love me and making my sisters small to make me big isn't one of them. Tell me you love me, but not because I am different. Tell me you love me just because you do. So that's the poem. Uh, I hope you can check out Nikita Gill. She inspires me daily through her Instagram, and I hope you can be inspired as well. Thanks. And there you have it. These are just a few slow and soulful stories to get us through the days ahead. And I invite you to share your own slow story on social media by using the hashtag slow stories podcast and slow stories. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, and we'll be back in April with more inspiring interviews and content. And in the meantime, I wish you all the health and happiness in the world. Thanks for listening.